0: Today on the Movie Talk podcast, um, Jurassic World Lost David Leach, New Spike Lee Movie, Fantastic Forecasting, and Dune 2 Reactions. Also, for our featured review, I'll be talking about Madame Webb, so um, stay tuned. Hey everyone, this week will be kind of the usual episode. Um, let's get started with some news. Starting in 2025, the Oscars are adding Best Casting as a whole new category, and I have mixed feelings about this. First of all, on one hand, casting is a craft, it's an art form that deserves to be recognized, so it's great that they're doing this. On the other hand, can we really trust the Academy to know what Best Casting even is? My worry is that this category will soon become, you know, um, giving this to the movie with the most A-listers, or whatever, the most stacked cast, and I just think if that happens, then there's no point. Also, if the Oscars are adding this, there's another category that they've needed to add for a while that they haven't. Where is best stunts? I mean, 2023 especially, with Mission Impossible, with John Wick 4, with all these great action movies... Um, it's never been more apparent that there should be a best stunts category. The craft of stunt work is a craft, and it's incredibly dangerous, but takes a lot of skill and a lot of preparation and a lot of work. And I think of anything that isn't recognized at the Oscars should be recognized. Uh, it's that. Next up, um, we talked about last time how David Leach was eyeing um, the new Jurassic World to be the director. And that has officially fallen through. He's not doing it. Um, The studio said they had different visions, which, you know, is the typical excuse. Um, But there are rumors about the studio wanting him to be more of a quote unquote shooter. And I mean, if that's true, that's incredibly upsetting. It's probably true because that's the mindset most studios seem to have these days. Um, This is what's ruining blockbusters. Predetermined release dates and rushing movies to reach those dates before they have even gone through, before they've gotten an idea that justifies their existence. Um, studios don't want the creativity. They don't want true creatives with a vision. They want plug and play, boring shooters. They want someone bland who doesn't have their own stamp to come in, direct it, gun for hire, so it can make their release date, hopefully make a billion dollars, and then on to the next one. They don't want actual creative vision or just any sort of originality. And it's terrible and it's upsetting. But the good thing is that that model of blockbusters, um, especially in the last few years, has been kind of falling apart. So hopefully Hollywood, and I think it is, um, really in the midst of a big reckoning. Um, Spike Lee has set his next movie. It's his fifth movie with Denzel Washington, and it's a reinterpretation of the crime thriller High and Low, which is, of course, an Akira Kurosawa classic. And, I mean, Kurosawa is kind of untouchable. You can't really remake his stuff and expect it to be anywhere in the same ballpark. But this is Spike Lee, and if anyone can do it, he is one of the greatest directors. So I'm really interested in this. Crime thriller, obviously exciting. Um, Denzel Washington, obviously, maybe the greatest actor of all time. Um, and then those two reuniting is awesome. I haven't seen High and Low, but I am planning pretty soon to go do a full career watch through of all um, Kurosawa's works. So I'm very much looking forward to this and I'm excited to see how it turns out. Next up. Christian Bale will be playing Frankenstein in Maggie Gyllenhaal's adaptation of, of course, the Mary Shelley novel. Um, It's also starring Jesse Buckley, Annette Bening, Penelope Cruz, and Peter Sarsgaard. And this is really exciting. Um, Frankenstein is one of those classic stories that I will watch a million different interpretations of it. This cast is phenomenal. Maggie Gyllenhaal directed, the last thing she did, I think, was The Lost Daughter on Netflix. And I really, really like that movie, so I'm really looking forward to this. Um, and it'll be fun to see this movie in comparison to Guillermo del Toro's movie, because he's also doing a Frankenstein movie with, I think, Andrew Garfield. And it's always fun when Hollywood comes out with two really similar movies um, in you a know, similar time frame, because comparing and contrasting and seeing different takes on the same source is always fun. So I'm looking forward to that. Our last two news stories are our two biggest. Um, This Valentine's Day, Marvel Studios finally officially announced the cast of the Fantastic Four. So Reed Richards is Pedro Pascal. Joseph Quinn is Johnny Storm. Vanessa Kirby is Sue Storm. And Eben Moss Backrack is Ben Grimm. This thing will take place in the 60s. It's a period piece. And there's rumors that they're looking at Javier Bardem to be Galactus. And I cannot wait for this. I think, first of all, making it a period piece, setting it in the 60s, is a really good idea. I'm excited for that. Um, this cast, uh, Vanessa Kirby, I think is fantastic. She's perfect. Evan Moss Backrack, fantastic. He's great. Joseph Quinn, um, I think he'll be great. I'm a little less confident. And then Pedro Pascal's the one I'm a little more lukewarm on. I don't know if I see him as Reed Richards, but I'm very excited for him to hopefully prove me wrong. And then if the Javier Bardem rumors are true about Galactus, that's awesome. I think the main thing they need to nail with this movie and the most important aspect of the Fantastic Four is the fact that they're a family, and that family dynamic needs to be really strong. Um, Their chemistry needs to be really great, Um, the banter, all of that. I have hope and I have faith that they'll be able to do that. And um, I'm really, really excited to see Marvel's take on Fantastic Four. Next up, the early reactions for Dune Part 2 have come out. And I just wanted to read a few um, because I think this is maybe my most anticipated movie ever. I was really, really excited for Avengers Endgame in 2019. So that was up there. But I think my anticipation for Dune has surpassed that. Um, So let's just go through. I'll read a few of these tweets. Courtney Howard said, Dune Part 2 is jaw-dropping, breathtaking, and wildly exhilarating. It's an adrenaline rush to the head and heart, soaring in its spectacle-driven action sequences as much as it sings in its refined, evocative stillness. Timothy Chalamet and Zendaya bring in singular work. Um... Action sequences, we know those are going to be great. The thing about this tweet that excites me is the acting. Um, Zendaya and Chalamet as obviously Paul and Chani. I'm really excited to see their performances. Let's see. Brandon Davis said, Dune Part 2 is a masterpiece. Denis Villeneuve drops an awe-inspiring, action-packed achievement in a hearty, complex story. It's an astonishing, moving film which demands to be seen on the biggest, most immersive screen possible. I loved it innovative and thrilling. So we knew this was going to be stunning, immersive. Um, The good thing here for me is Hardy' complex story. The essential core of Dune is that it's not a chosen one story. It's more of a warning against those things. And I'm really hoping that Villeneuve understands that and captures that. And it's sounding like he did. Um, Scott Menzel. Dune Part 2 is truly an awe-inspiring cinematic achievement, one that continues to advance and build upon the world that Denis Villeneuve and company have exquisitely created, crafted, and shaped. If you loved Part 1, you're going to go absolutely wild for Part 2. And then there's more, but I'll just cut it off there. The biggest thing here, again, is um, if I love Part 1, I'm going to love Part 2. And if you know me, you know I loved, loved Part 1. I think the first Dune is pretty astonishing pretty incredible especially the more i rewatch it so the fact that this is even better um is amazing so that's pretty much it um march 1st cannot get here soon enough and with that that's all our news for today let's now get into the featured review for today madam web this is an emergency that man is trying to kill you if you want to live, you have to trust me. What is going on? I can see the future. Let's try that again. Those girls have no idea the power they can unlock. I will kill them first. Get down! Okay, Um. overall, Madam Webb, you've probably seen online. I am not going to go against the grain here. It's a bad movie. Um, I haven't liked really any of the Sony um, Marvel efforts. Venom 2 really didn't like. Morbius really didn't like. Venom I didn't like, but I do kind of look back on it more fondly. Um, Madame Web joins those ranks of being you know, supremely disappointing. Let's talk about the good first, because this thing isn't completely without merit. I mean, the production design was actually pretty good. This thing, besides when it turns into like, you know, full CGI slop, it's visually not that bad. I think the production designer did a really good job making the city that she lived in feel like a living, breathing thing, which you can't really say for a lot of superhero movies nowadays. Um, and it, yeah, it did look pretty good until, you know, the final act where it becomes CGI madness Um, completely incoherent, incomprehensible, which is sadly, and shouldn't be, but it's kind of par for the course for superhero movies nowadays. I will say also, story-wise, this thing had the bones of a good movie. It had the ideas. I think the first half of this thing, where it's like a chase, kind of a Terminator chase type thing, is actually a really good idea, and I actually enjoyed it. I think the dynamic between the three People that you know Cassie has to protect um, was pretty good. I mean, Sydney Sweeney, Isabella Merced, and Celeste O'Connor deliver good performances. Um, it's just stupid. Like, why are you? Why are they playing like fifteen-year-olds? Why cast them if they're not going to be in costume at all, except for a dream, and they're just playing these like young girls who don't really have to do anything in the story? And you're casting these big stars, like why is Sydney Sweeney doing this? Um, It feels like a pre anyone but you role, you know, like her star is way too big to be doing this. Um, But I mean, they were good in the roles. I just think it's ill-conceived to have them just be playing 15 year olds besides one vision. Um, And then Emma Roberts and Adam Scott are kind of just there. They're both good, but I don't know. They had nothing to do. I don't know what their purpose was. It just kind of, this movie reeks of rewrites and um, studio interference. And it feels like they had a whole different story originally with those three, with Adam Scott, with Emma Roberts, and it just got completely redone. And then this is the leftovers that we're getting also like this is a superhero movie But it avoids all the hallmarks of a superhero movie. Um, None of the characters get costumes or are in their costumes besides that one vision. Um, Cassie never gets a costume. Like, what is this movie trying to be? Because if it's trying to be subversive, it's not really being subversive either. It fails at that. Is it trying to be like a, a thriller Terminator chase movie? Because if it's trying to be that... It's too superhero-y to be that, and it's caught somewhere in the middle, and I guess this is a problem a lot of superhero movies have, where they lean into one genre, but don't go far enough, and then they end up between two worlds, Um, but this is one of the more egregious examples. I guess I already started to get into the bad stuff, so let's just keep going. Um, I mean, just about everything else was bad. The ideas were there, the story just fails in execution. Of course it's like riddled with holes, contrivances. Also, you know, script-wise, lots of bad exposition, lots of heavy-handed stuff like when um Cassie bonds with the girls over their parents like the idea is there, but it's all tell not show and it's very heavy-handed. I talked about how I kind of liked the first half. The second half where we go to Peru, um I did not like any of that, I think. I don't know, it was just ridiculous. The action also in this thing was completely incomprehensible. So many like bad choices. They really overused like camera spins and camera motion and it just became so disorienting and you could not see the action at all. And then the final battle being like the whole firework thing is again, a really good idea, just bad execution. And I think this thing also just like really falls flat in some major scenes like the beginning is just stupid and terrible um like the whole group bonding that idea is good it's a strong idea this group will bond over time that makes sense but it's just tell not show it's on the nose they just tell you oh we're all friends now we're family and you never really see it or buy it um cassie getting her powers another scene that does not work Um, I guess she can just astral project or whatever. And she like has this reconciliation scene with her mom, which makes no sense because she's like, oh, I was so angry at you. And we never experienced that. We never saw that. We never got the sense that she was angry at her mom until that scene. And it's like a vision, so it's not real. And it is just some, it doesn't make any sense. And then the ending of this movie is so Unbelievably stupid, and this is an example I think where direct adaptation from the comics does not always work on screen. I mean, first of all, Dakota Johnson in the end getting blinded, so she gets the ridiculous glasses and she's in the like wheelchair of Madame Webb from the comics, and it's just ridiculous and it looks so bad and it makes no sense. Um, and then she's like, Oh, these guys are my family, and they're all friends now does not you know make sense at all you don't buy into it and then she's like having visions of the future um her powers are never defined never explained how do the others even get powers like there's this whole plot about the others are going to get powers and then in the future but we never even see that that's never even explained that shot of her like astral projecting with them like it's just so completely stupid um I don't even know why she an Astral Project, that made no sense either. There's even like, throughout the movie, there's lines about when she's getting her power. Like, there's this theme of like, responsibility. And they, they say these lines that are like, dangerously close to with great power comes great responsibility. And they're clearly alluding to that Spider-Man line. And I'm just sitting there like, why? Like, why are you connecting these things? What's the connection? What's the point? Um, besides just referencing this other thing that we know, like, what is the point? It doesn't make any sense. Um, And then like, you know, she makes some reference to, they say, oh, Uncle Ben is enjoying being an uncle because he he gets to, you know, have all the fun without the responsibility. And she makes some comment that implies that she knows what's going to happen in the future and he's going to have to watch over Peter. And it's just like, So now she can see all the way that far into the future and it, I don't know, it just makes no sense and now I'm doing what I don't like to do, which is nitpicking all these um, plot beats. But it's just, this whole movie is stupid. Dakota Johnson is completely phoning it in. Her line delivery in this thing is atrocious. And I mean, to be fair, the lines don't exactly lend themselves to good delivery, but she is not selling them at all. And then Tahar Rahim as the villain has got to be one of the worst performances I've seen in a while. Um, Also, the worst ADR I've ever seen in a movie. His role was like 60-70% dubbed over. And it was so obvious because he's on screen and his lips are moving and not matching what he's saying. And Even his voice, like the way he's voice acting those lines is just terrible and i don't know what he's doing i don't know what the direction was for him his whole villain he's like trying to protect his empire but we never see what that empire is he doesn't really make any sense and he has this all this tech that seems way too advanced for 2003 the editing in this thing is terrible there's stuff like the 30 degree rule to keep viewers oriented in the story and their place in the story and this thing was breaking every single one of those rules. And it just, like, felt like you were being whipped around. um, And it was incredibly distracting. I mean, that's pretty much it. Um, Madam Web is, just as everyone else is saying, it's atrocious. Really, really bad movie. Um, I would have liked to see the good version of this movie. That's, like, just full-on, intense Terminator chase thing. But, unfortunately, that's not what we got. And what we got is really disappointing. So, with that... That's my review of Madam Webb. What did you think of this movie? Let me know in the comments, the email, the voicemail, or the forum. All those links are in the description. And um, thank you so much for listening, and have a good day.